Living Islam Narcissism the psychological catchword of the 21st century but what is narcissism how does it corrupt the soul and can it be treated and cured Join Maulana Zaheer Ahmed Ragi every Wednesday morning as he unpacks the topic of narcissism and enlightens us on the Islamic perspective of tackling this spiritual sickness. Radio Islam International, bringing you contemporary and pertinent psychological discussions. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam International. You are listening to the topic you are loved. We'll be discussing about narcissism. In our last topic, which was uh, quite a while back, Marana, we were discussing about, uh, you know, uh, how a person, how parents are narcissists. Uh, we're going to introduce our guest, Marana Zayr Ahmed Raghi. Marana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marana, how are you doing after a long break? <laughs> Alhamdulillah, Marana. We hope that it was a good break. For, for Marana also. Yes, Alhamdulillah. Uh, the holidays are always good. <laughs> In our last uh, discussion, which was quite a while back, Ma, we discussed about parents and uh, them having narcissism. And uh, we discussed that, uh, you know, when uh, a person is going for help, then the issue in the parent and kid, there's a fundamental problem. The problem needs to be solved. We discussed if the parent is emphatic or the child is emphatic or even just one of the emphatic parents is willing to seek help, and then it will be good. However, if the parent is narcissist, then we're going to see a physical abuse happening. Uh, counseling is needed. And uh, normally, if you go for a normal counseling session, then we find that if the parent is narcissist, then he barges out of these sessions. However, it's not normal marital counseling that will, uh, that will, be, uh, that will be sought. It's a special Special proper counseling is needed. We should also make dua for the parents. Uh, thereafter, we read about authority and power where they cannot control everyone and it's detrimental for the child's spiritual well being. And we also discussed uh, the topic on raising children isn't something to be taken lightly in Islam. And a hadith shows us that the best way to raise a child is in a correct Islamic way so that you may reap the fruits of the investments in them even after you pass away. And the hadith goes if a child is raised properly, they won't be just be practicing Muslims. If a child isn't raised properly, they won't be practicing Muslims. They won't pass the correct Islamic knowledge to their children and others to pray for you later. And this is a hadith of Nabi that, uh, you know, when you're raising a child, raise a child that will make dua for you later. Well, that's where we stopped in our last uh, discussion. Now, today we come to the topic that uh, sometimes parents try to manipulate and control their grandchildren. And much to the distress of their parents who find it unacceptable but don't know how to effectively deal with them without feeling that they've transgressed Islamic parental rights. Yes, Mahana. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Just a few pointers before we go on to what you've just commented now, Mahana. And Jazakumullah Khair for summing up all what we had discussed in our previous discussion. Uh, there's a few things that I would just like to make mention of, and that is that uh, firstly, uh, one should not self diagnose, and we've mentioned that previously, and I would just like to reiterate that. Uh, you cannot self-diagnose that you are indeed a narcissist. What we need to know is that we need to have professional help. And alhamdulillah, today there are many people who have studied psychology and who are able to manage and uh, uh, diagnose whether you are a narcissist or not. And just having one or two narcissistic 
traits does not necessarily make you a narcissist. That's the first thing that I would like to just reiterate, which we have mentioned previously in our discussions. Another very important point which I would like to mention here is that Unfortunately, what we are finding now is, and uh, there, are, there is a growing number of females who are displaying narcissistic traits in marriages. So this is something that we need to keep in mind. And uh, they, if they, they, uh, we need, there is help, and we should seek the help. Uh, there is a growing number of males that complain about how they have been abused at home by their female partners. Uh, and uh, this is also something that we need to keep in mind and we need to work towards remedying, inshallah. Yes, Mahana, we spoke about parents trying to manipulate uh, and many have complained about being disrespected by their parents in front of their own children, which causes their children to use it against their parents. Uh, this is something that is also, we find, regularly being observed. And we find that they will often get angry when they see their parents attempt to brainwash and take over their own children as they don't want them to experience the same trauma that they went through, especially when it comes to uh, Islamic teachings. So we find that many times young couples observe that their parents manipulate the grandchildren, which indeed has a very negative impact on the, the relationships that are established and exist. And what we also find that uh, many uh, young parents uh, find this very stressful because they have went through a narcissistic parenting experience they were on the receiving end of narcissist parents and this results in a lot of trauma for them because they do not want their own children to be brought up in this way at the same time we find that they still feel the need to visit their parents so they aren't ashamed by elders in their community when their parents complain about them to everyone. And this is also something that is increasing in our times, and therefore the reason for us to address this is important. Due to the knowledge, experience, and life lessons adults possess, parents have been given the authority to kindly discipline their children when they do something wrong. Reward them when they do something right. Help guide them to the right path when they are feeling lost and forbid them from doing something or going somewhere as a way to protect them from harm and falling into sins. Now, in return, Islam commands children to obey their parents who are meant to be wise, who are meant to be fair, who are meant to be Allah-fearing and loving. And this is a, a challenge uh, to maintain the right balance. You are required to show respect, love to your parents. At the same time, sometimes you observe that your parents are manipulating your own children, which is their grandparents. Uh, 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 and you find that 
this creates sometimes some tension because you as a young parent do not want your children to go through what you went through. And this creates a big challenge to many young couples. So when the parents aren't wise, when they are not fair or loving, it can then become mentally and emotionally damaging for children to obey them. And the children to obey them, we are talking of young adults, young mm. parents. So Islam teaches us that the rights of parents, mothers especially, falls directly under the rights of Allah. And so serving them would be considered as a great and honorable act of worship, of ibadah. So this is the first thing that we need to uh, maintain and understand. That serving Islam teaches us that the rights of parents falls directly under the rights of Allah. And serving your parents would be considered as a great and honorable act of worship. In fact, Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said in a hadith that the pleasure of Allah is in the pleasure of the parents and the displeasure of Allah is in the displeasure of parents. Having said that, however, many empaths, many codependents, and in our previous discussions we had at length described and defined empaths and codependents. So many empaths and many codependents find it very difficult to fulfill this aspect of worship, this aspect of ibadah, of being respectful and serving your parents. And many a times it distresses them greatly to hear uh, Islamic lectures like how we are just talking about the virtues of honoring parents as they know that it will open the door of Jannah when done properly. And it depresses them that sometimes they are unable to enjoy this act of worship and do it because they love to do it rather than feel forced to because they aren't blessed with loving, affectionate parents who make this act of worship easy for them. So you find this that you, uh, you in fact, if you recall, Morana, that in our in the, some of our discussions and some of our questions that came forward, and our listeners are free to call in or even send uh, any messages to ask any questions, uh, whilst we're just reminding ourselves, that there were some questions where people asked about how do you deal with a parent who was uh, abusive to you, who had displayed narcissistic traits in parenting you. And therefore, we're discussing this right now because you as a young parent do not want your children to go through what you went through, yet you want to maintain the right respect, the right balance, the right relationship with your own parents. And this creates lots of challenges in many homes. So when people have overly strict parents who lack empathy, who lack warmth, who lack affection, it can become difficult to show love, it can become difficult to show gratitude, and it can be difficult to be there for them. And we find many Muslim men and women say that they never remembered receiving a tight, 
warm hug or being told I love you by their parents. And this is people uh, have mentioned this and we observe that sometimes parents or young adults uh, do say that they hardly remember their parents showing them love. They hardly remember that the parent even saying to them that they love them. And we find that we see many religious people who obey and serve their parents young and alhamdulillah we must be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that in this age we also have many young uh, boys and girls many among the youth and many uh, young parents uh, who obey and serve their parents whilst they are psychologically suffering and tolerating abuse out of hope that Allah will be pleased with them for serving their parents. Some people are sometimes so attached uh, to the rewards that Allah Ta'ala has saved for those who are good to their parents. And they will certainly be rewarded, inshallah, by Allah Ta'ala. But in the process, it can cause damage to their own mental health in the process that you need to be respectful to your parents you need to love your parents but you on the receiving end are being fed with abuse uh, and uh, many of the ills that we spoke of previously and this can have uh, a damage to your own mental health now however most people don't realize that anything that destroys their faith Anything that destroys their conviction and their iman, anything that destroys their health and their whole spirit and ruh and soul is greatly disliked by Allah and should be avoided. Allah Ta'ala does not allow oppression in any of its forms, whether it is from a parent or vice versa from a child. Allah Ta'ala does not allow oppression in any of its forms. And if adult children find themselves still going through spiritual, religious, or even emotional turmoil with their parents in their adulthood, then it is advisable for you as a child to create boundaries mm. and protect their rights, their hearts, and their faith, and your heart, and your faith. Creating boundaries between you and your parents uh, is does not go against the concept of showing respect to your parents. I'm not saying here that people should cut ties with their parents. I think it's important that we establish and we maintain the right understanding of what I'm saying. We're not saying cutting off ties. We're not saying showing disrespect. But what we're saying is establishing boundaries. Create boundaries. We're not saying that you should cut ties with your parents. As this cutting ties, showing disrespect is totally against Islam. And it should be avoided. However, healthy relationship boundaries need to be put in place to reduce and eventually stop the oppression, stop constant unfair demands, stop threats and even guilt trips. These steps should be adopted with absolute respect. 
creating boundaries should be created with absolute respect. It is important that we always look at our parents with compassion. It is important that we always look at our parents with compassion and to remember that many of them might have been victims of their own upbringing as well. People shouldn't fear that they are angering Allah by setting boundaries and refusing to allow oppression to continue. And this is a very important distinction that we should keep and maintain. That when you establish the boundary, you are refusing oppression to continue. And oppression in any, any way is not accepted and not liked by Allah Ta'ala. And in order to prevent the oppression, if you create boundaries, maintaining respect, you are living and maintaining your relationships within the boundaries of Sharia and Islam. Uh, I hope I'm making sense, Mara, if, if you want to yeah, come in. I comment, yeah, Mara, not a comment. Uh, more like, Mara, when you say creating boundaries, right? When we do create boundaries, say, as kids, as our parents, and uh, sometimes the parents disown you. Like, uh, you know, because you've created that boundaries, now the parents make like you're not even living. Like, you want to greet them and they make like you're not existing. Uh, what do you do in that situation? Yes. So, uh, as we've said always, you from your end should make sure you always do the right thing. Because you're not answerable to their acts and their deeds and their actions. But you are answerable for your deeds, your actions. So you need to make sure that you do the right thing. You maintain the respect. You maintain the relationship. Uh, however, you do not compromise on the boundaries because your boundaries are established to not let oppression continue. Mm. And that, that's the important distinction. And people shouldn't fear uh, saying no. Uh, to things their parents want them to do that they don't want to do if it doesn't harm their iman and their deen and their faith. Mm. So there are two things. One is you are saying no to something that is not something that the Sharia has demanded. Uh, you might be asked to do something which has nothing to do with the laws of Sharia and for that for you to say no, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Such as, for example, uh, going to university to become a doctor or a lawyer. If you want to become a vet or a nurse or a plumber, then there isn't anything wrong in standing up for that in a respectful way. And no one's rights are being violated. There's two things you need to keep in mind. That pursuing your dreams, you won't have your parents to blame and resent when you become miserable doing what they wanted you to do. You want to do something, uh, take a, a particular form of study and parents want you to do something else and you don't have an interest in that and for you to, to respectfully say no to that, there's nothing wrong in the Sharia about that. Mm. Uh, by doing what you love, you will become a healthier, happier person and this will actually improve your relationship with your parents when they later realize that they were in the wrong. Uh, there's a very beautiful example, Morana, um, uh, and I would like to uh, refer to that. Morana Tariq Jamil, for example. Mm. I mean, he makes mention that uh, his father wanted him to study medicine. Mm. 
and uh, he wanted to become an alim. And uh, when he told his father and understand it in the culture of Pakistan that he doesn't want to study medicine and he wants to become an alim, his father was very upset with him and his father actually told him that if that's the case, you must leave the house. Uh, and he chose not to continue with medicine and he chose to study and become an alim. And he went to Raiwin and he studied there in Raiwin and Alhamdulillah, he became an alim, a person who has made a great mark on the hearts of many people. But eventually his father accepted it and his father embraced him and gave him lots of du'as. So here is a perfect example of how you can say no to something which your parents want you to do, which you do not want to do, provided it is not something that goes against the Sharia. Hmm. And that's the boundaries that we are talking of. Many people still believe that it's disrespectful, it's non-Islamic to not comply with the wishes of the parents that are usually centered around career, usually centered around business, finance, and even marriage partners' choices. Even if it makes them unhappy, but this isn't true. It is always in our hands to stop tolerating what we know is wrong. And by doing this, we can help our parents to stop normalizing some of their toxic behavior when it no longer gives them what they want. And this is the oppression that we have referred to that Allah Ta'ala does not like that. And we also as parents should ensure that we also deal with our children in a way that does not lead to oppressing our own children. Uh, this isn't an easy cycle to break at all and it will usually need sometimes the help of family counselors. If this isn't possible, then siblings need to come together to negotiate, to share, delegate their duties towards their parents so they don't all fall on the shoulders of the emphatic or codependent sibling who many a times may not be the golden child. If someone is an only child, then family counseling with a specialized Muslim counselor, alim, is the best way forward. More efforts need to be made to make parents aware that when they use their privileges and the privilege of being a parent and the status that Allah and Deen has given them as a parent that they must be aware that they don't use this privilege and the status of a parent to manipulate, to control, to guilt trip, to punish children. This will only make the children resent them instead of loving them. And they will be quick to leave home they would not want to live in that home. And as soon as they get an opportunity to leave the home, they will abandon their parents, even in their old age, when they, fray, when they are frail and unwell. And this is very, very important that we learn the right approach in parenting. Uh, many, I think a few years ago, Mahana, when we started the program, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's interactions with mm. people. In there, we spoke about how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam interacted with his own children. Here was a Nabi 
and a nabi of allah ta'ala yet he maintained the right approach he enforced good behavior without manipulating without oppression and there are many other examples that we can learn from our sharia so parenting is an uh, a very sensitive uh, task and as parents we should ensure that the authority and that deen has given us should not be used to manipulate and oppress our children and this is important muslim parents who use the deeni card <laughs> the card of deen a lot often see that their manipulations would backfire and it would backfire in various ways later in life and it's them who suffer the most at the end people may even end up leaving islam sometimes and you you we have experiences of that where you are extremely difficult on your children and you use the the dini card eventually those children begin to hate islam and unfortunately this is also something that is on an increase and people may end up leaving islam altogether instead of learning more about islam because of the way their practicing religious parents implemented deen in their lives for example narcissistic mothers who wear the hijab and are seen devoutly praying every day alhamdulillah but the same type of mother would greatly confuse her children with contradictory cruel immoral behavior and they grow up to believe that it was islam that made their parents this way so you find a, a, a father maybe or even a mother who is in hijab but the way she behaves with her husband the narcissistic traits that come out over the children this has a direct negative impact on the children it the contradictory cruel immoral behavior which the child observes they then grow up to believe that it was islam that made their parents in this way children seek role models in their parents and they want to follow the examples the parents set so it's important that they make the efforts to be excellent parents must make every effort to be excellent parents need to make every effort to be to provide a loving home for children a loving home for children to thrive in rather than a home in which there is shouting there is abuse there is punishment there is fear and fear with a religious context is what keeps children in line if a home isn't a safe and loving place for them then they will look for it elsewhere as it's natural for human to seek security to seek affiliation and purpose in life but if that home does not provide that security that home does not provide an environment where children be, grow with that affiliation with parents or vice versa and a home where there isn't the purpose of love sakina then that home would bring about and breed the narcissistic traits which eventually would result in evil behavior in our children I don't know if there are any comments of things that we've said. 
from you or from Just, your listeners. Uh, one comment coming in. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Very informative program. With regards to boundaries, is my mom-in-law, that's not her mother, her mother-in-law, is a highly manipulative and emotionally abusive person, and my husband being the only son has rights to take care of her. As his wife, I do not stop him from making khidmat of her, nor stop my children in any way. However, as a daughter-in-law, I have tried everything to keep her from oppressing and emotionally abusing me, and now I choose not to associate as it has caused a lot of health issues for me physically as well as mentally. Will this be disrespecting her? Well, if you've created a boundary of uh, uh, worth respect, created a boundary of respect because you want to avoid the abuse and the emotional abuse, there is absolutely nothing wrong. However, I've said that in the beginning of our discussion, in no way are we advocating the cutting of ties. Mm. As long as you do not cut ties, you from your side, you show your respect and you ensure that you always do the right. And wherever you see there is uh, this type of abuse and if you walk away from that, there is absolutely nothing wrong by you doing that. Mm. Well, coming to the next point, many Muslims... Which, which follows, Mona. Which for, uh, many Muslims forget that Allah gave us examples of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the other Prophets والسلام, such as Nuh السلام, who had a rebellious and arrogant son he disbelieved in his message of monotheism and drowned as a result of him preferring to climb a mountain instead of boarding the ark that Allah asked Nuh السلام, to build to save his people from the flood so this shows us the opposite way instead of the son, uh, the father manipulating the, uh, the grandfather grandparents and the children it's more the children manipulating the Yes, uh, Marana, you know, uh, the, the, what you've just said actually follows <coughs> from the question that the person had just asked. Mm. Uh, that uh, we need to keep in mind that life in this world will never be perfect. Even the Anbiya, alayhimu salatu wassalam, had to go through these type of uh, experiences. And we must not forget that Allah Ta'ala gave us examples of prophets such as Nuh alayhi salatu wassalam, also such as Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam, who had to deal with a father. Uh, and we also have the example of Yusuf alayhi salatu wassalam, who had to deal with his siblings. So these are examples in the Quran Kareem from which we must understand, take note, and accept and reflect that life in this world will not always be perfect. However, there are lessons in these incidents which we need to take from. Allah tells us the story to give comfort to disappointed parents, to give comfort to disappointed children, like the story of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam, to give comfort to brothers and sisters like from the story of Yusuf alayhi salatu wassalam. So Allah Ta'ala tells us these stories to give comfort to disappointed parents, disappointed children, disappointed siblings who know they did their best to either raise their children or did their best to show respect to their parents or did their best to ensure that good relationship is maintained between siblings in a manner that is pleasing Allah. It is a humble reminder that even being the most perfect, the stories of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam, is a very humble reminder that even being the most perfect and most righteous parent, son or sibling doesn't guarantee that the outcome of our efforts will be reflected back 
in wonderfully behave pious children, wonderfully behaved loving parents, wonderfully behaved loving siblings who are on the straight path and free from major sins. Having rebellious children, having oppressive parents, having not good behaved siblings doesn't mean that the parents are failures, doesn't mean that children are failures, doesn't mean that you as a brother or a sister is a failure, as they sometimes believe that if the children don't turn out to be as they expected, or your parents are not dealing with you as you expect, it means that out of mercy, parents have been freed by Allah from the burden, responsibility, and outcome of the children's wrong choices in life, or parents' wrong approach in parenting. If they turn out to be pious and virtuous, then this is due to the blessing and mercy of Allah Ta'ala, rather than our own abilities to be excellent children, excellent parents, as none were better parents, none were better role models than our beloved Anbiya Alayhim many of whom suffered greatly with their children, many of whom suffered greatly uh, with their parents. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ You cannot guide whomsoever you love, but Allah guides whomsoever He decides. And Allah Ta'ala knows best the ones who are rightly guided. So this ayah is also something from which we need to understand that you cannot give guidance to whomsoever you wish. It is Allah who gives guidance to whomsoever He wills and He best knows the ones who are on the right path. But you as an individual, you need to ensure that you always do the right deed. It is essential that children are taught to value and seek Allah's guidance as they grow or else they won't understand why it is so important for their lives and well-being. This part, Monana, it's so important for us to understand. It is essential that we as parents teach our children the value and seek Allah's guidance as they grow or else the children will not understand why it is important in their lives and why it is important for their own well-being. Parents who made the required effort to raise their children well in an Islamic manner will surely be rewarded by Allah Ta'ala regardless of how they turn out later. And vice versa, you as a child, if you have did, you as a child, if you made sure that you did what you had to do as far as respect and obedience to your parents, irrespective of how your parents treat you, you will be rewarded by Allah Ta'ala. And this is important for parents and it is important for children. And this can involve the efforts that you make to learn more about correct Islamic, correct Islamic parenting co- and attending 
sessions to heal from your own traumas so you don't get passed on to the children as parents you it is important for us as parents that we identify our weaknesses we work on our weaknesses we go to the necessary counseling that is required to remedy our weaknesses so that we parent our children in a way that the pe- child does not pick up our bad habits in the way that they would wa- parent their children and it is healthier for parents it is healthier for us as parents to lower our expectations of children focus on enjoying their time with them whilst they are young and let go of the need to control the outcome of the of your efforts knowing that it is in Allah's hands so each one of us either as a parent or as a child we enjoy the moment be good for that moment do everything that is best in your hands and your capacity to do but don't worry too much about the results leave the results in the hands and in the will of allah taala and that is the advice that we give that even like the question that has come you on your own hand enjoy the moment try to be good if you are been received with oppression you are been received by manipulation don't worry much about that you do the right so that the result of your good acts inshallah will surely bring the benefit this attitude will give parents uh, what i just said now is that it is healthier for parents to lower your expectations of children focus on enjoying the time you have with them while they are young and let go of the need to control the outcome of your efforts knowing that it is in Allah's hands and if you have this attitude this attitude will give parents and will give you as a parent a better chance of protecting your children from becoming codependent it will give you a better chance of protecting your children and preventing them from disliking Islam and being rebellious later <laughs> so another question is coming assalamu alaikum i as a mother sit with this guilt of my behavior towards my children and husband and in-laws always shouting fighting and removing this the peace my daughter got married at an early age shook her and got out of this mess i am in fear of how my behavior would be to my future daughter-in-law please advise and keep me in your du'as my children still show respect to me but they have no idea what scars i left in their hearts Yes, and therefore what I've just said, Barana, sorry for this phone is just coming in, I didn't put it on silent, ma, but we just have a few minutes. Uh, so again, Barana, for this question, I'll just repeat what we've just said. It is essential that we as parents teach our children values and we seek Allah's guidance as they grow. seek their guidance as they grow or else they would not understand why it is important in their lives and well-being now you as a parent if you made the required effort to raise your children well 
in an Islamic manner, surely this will be rewarded by Allah Ta'ala, regardless of how they turn out later. So the scars that you're talking of, again, I'm saying it is healthier for parents to lower their expectations of children. So you as a mother now, you are going to be welcoming a daughter-in-law. When you're welcoming this daughter-in-law, lower your expectations of your, of your daughter-in-law and focus on enjoying the time with your daughter-in-law when she comes into your home uh, and let go of the need to control outcome of your efforts. Regarding the regret that you have, there is no need to have that regret and say, if I would have did this, the result would not have been this because results are in the hands of Allah Ta'ala. And saying if is mostly from shaitan. What has happened has happened. You have an opportunity to be good to your children. And one of the best way, one of the best way of remedying the scar is to just be good. Just be good. And this attitude will help you in remedying and removing the scars that you are talking of. Mm. Another quote is written, Assalamu alaikum. My wife continues to fight and argue with me constantly in front of the children. On numerous occasions, she has been told by the elders to stop this. She feels nothing wrong in this, merely I think because of she coming from a family who used to fight and argue a lot. I need to know what steps can be taken to move forward. Can a case be opened? As I'm afraid the kids will be affected. We tried counseling, but yet she persists in continuing to look for a problem to make an argument. Helpless father, please assist. Gee, Marana, and as we said, uh, you on your side, make sure you do the right. Uh, I think in this case, there is, uh, there is uh, a need for counseling. There is a need for therapy. And alhamdulillah, there are many ulama, there are many alimas, there are many Muslim counselors that will be able to assist you in this. And maybe the professional help is most certainly required in this case. Mark, can we go to the next question? Uh, I think think we've covered our time. Yes, (laughs) time has run fast. So I think we'll conclude today. Yeah, Moran, inshallah. Inshallah, Jazakallah for your time. Much appreciated. Inshallah, we'll continue next week. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.